If you want content that actually sells, you've got to have this. That's today on the Pollinator Podcast. Okay, so what do Microsoft, Betty Crocker, and the U.S. Navy have in common? Well, they all need to use the power of the written word to drive sales, whatever that looks like for them. And this is true for, for every company. And a man that has written powerful sales copy for uh, each of those organizations and many other big household name brands that uh, everybody might recognize is Greg Havas. And so, uh, Greg, I'm glad to have you here. Some other interesting things that uh, you know, people don't know about you besides your uh, kind of illustrious copywriting career, you, know, you understand, and, and from our previous conversations that, you know, really, uh, you know, good copy has to, 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 to strike at the, the emotions that people have. And, uh, you know, our emotions rule us more than we, we realize. And, and you, you've actually done a lot of work with kids uh, as well down in the, the Broward County school system. And to the point that I even let you go in and do some social emotional learning um, with uh, with kids in, the, in juvenile detention centers and uh, and being able to uh, to have good progress with them. So really, this idea of you communicating to the emotional centers of people is is something that you're very very familiar with. So thank you for being on today. And uh, and why don't you tell us a little bit about that that story? Well, uh, thank you for having me. Um, uh, the story is a very interesting one. Um, uh, emotions connect us all in our relationships and our uh, buying habits and everything, quite frankly. And um, in my work with children, particularly those at risk in Broward County, whether they be in Broward P County public schools, uh, schools for mainstreamed ESE or special needs students, or the Broward County Jail, um, there's a lot of students out there that uh, emotionally are not doing very well. And uh, the last year with the pandemic is a, is a good example of that when they closed the schools and they kept all of the kids home, isolated away from their friends, their teachers, their just their regular routine. Um, my work started uh, back uh, in the early 2000s when I became a Broward County Schools volunteer. Um, and uh, not too many years after that, I created a social, emotional and academic program for my own son uh, when he was in fifth grade to prepare him for middle school and becoming a teenager and all of the decisions and things that go along with that. While the program worked better than I could have ever hoped it would, he became a straight A machine, which he wasn't beforehand. And he was straight A's all the way through middle school. And it got to the point where his principal pulled me aside to ask what I was doing with him at home. They, they were converting that school into a title one school where a lot of at-risk kids were being bussed in and they needed help. So I explained the program to her and she had asked whether or not I could uh, help her with some of these students, um, a number of whom may not have had a dad or a dad that was really in the picture and really cared and supported and loved and encouraged and was kind to him and everything else that you would hope a dad would be. Uh, so of course I accepted since I was a Broward County Schools volunteer since the early 2000. And from those two classrooms full of students uh, in October of 2011, uh, 3,000, approximately 3,000 students later, here we are. I'm very happy to say, and, and, and I'm very proud of the program, and even prouder uh, still of the effort, uh, the effort put forth by these children, many of whom uh, were born into a life of poverty, abuse, neglect, 
the worst kind of things we could ever not want for our children. And they were living it from day to day. They were, a lot of them were bereft of hope. They weren't hopeless as individuals. They just saw no hope. There was no, you know, they couldn't see the forest through the trees. There was no outlet for them emotionally, socially. They were in a, and they had a lot of problems. Anyway, the program itself was uh, um, heavily endorsed by print, I'm happy to say by principals, teachers, um, guidance counselors, and over a thousand students. And I think giving back to the community is really important, uh, especially when it comes to uh, children who are disadvantaged or at risk and uh, really need the help from, from everyone. And they need a lot of love and they need an emotional connection, which is really the basis for our conversation um, throughout their lives, but especially for people who could give it to them. It's not something that you do expecting payment in return. It's just something you do out of love and caring for children. Well, and as a uh, as a former high school teacher myself, I can definitely uh, attest to that. And I, I know one of the things that made the biggest difference, and um, that you know, I still have connections with a lot of the the students that I taught, even though that was over a decade ago. Um, and it, a lot of it is not so much about the, the the technical information that we were teaching in class. It was it was about the the confidence that I could help them build or just the, just the fact that there was somebody that, that gave a damn, uh, you know, about them and, and they could, they could feel that. And they knew that, uh, yeah, that, that was one of the, the biggest things that, that helped me be able to, to break through to, to kids. But to, to, uh, to your point, we, we didn't, we didn't, uh, come on here to, 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 to really talk about, uh, you know, uh, educational programs, uh, at, you know, as much that, you know, the, the pollinator podcast is about, uh, you know, marketing and sales, even though it all falls under this idea of strategic education or strategic, strategic communication, uh, and, and education certainly ties right in there. But in this idea of you know, copy, copy that sells, right. Because a lot of people can maybe write down copy for their website, or they post some things on, on social media, and uh, there, there are a lot of different ways that, that people get caught up in data and information and, and communicating things. And they get aggravated because it doesn't drive any kind of results. They don't get engagement. They don't get feedback. They don't get people coming and asking them you know, anything about their product or service. So you, know, you, you work with small local area businesses. You've worked with the, these big multinational brands. And so, so what are some of the keys? What are the things that, that people miss when it comes to creating copy that, that you know, sells or, or just kind of drives some kind of outcome at all? Uh, it's a good question. What they actually missed is something that I had kind of learned from working with all of these uh, um, big global corporations like Ritz Carlton and Microsoft and Betty Crocker and Haagen-Dazs and it's just a long list of that. But um, they really, uh, I think the thing that, that really keeps them at the top of their industry and uh, their brand uh, at the top or, 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 or better than most others is the fact that they establish an emotional connection uh, with their audience. And that uh, includes everything from turning a prospect into a client and then everything that they need to do to make sure the client stays their client. Um, because I, I tell clients this frequently, uh, that their, their customers, their clients, there's no implied loyalty. Their, their purchase was their loyalty. Now you've got to give it back. 
Right. And you've, you need to show them that. And by virtue of everything that you do to inspire loyalty within them. If you think you're going to sell some, someone, something to someone and they're going to be your client forever, that client will be the first one to walk right after that purchase. And you'll just be left wondering why. They need to know that their purchase was the right one. You need to reaffirm that. But more importantly, you've got to really bond with them by um, asking for their opinions, establishing an emotional connection with them. Um, people generally love helping other people. And when you ask a client how they feel about their purchase, what are the things that make them want to buy something? What do they like about a brand? What do they like about customer service? What, are they, what, what really appeals to them most when they're looking at the same product or service from all of these different brands that they can choose from? And, and, and it's always the same thing. It's the one that um, establishes that emotional connection. And generally, that's one or very few of those many brands. They're really in a class by themselves. And all eyes turn to that class by themselves because they're establishing that emotional connection, which in the event people didn't know, is responsible for 100% of all purchases by everyone. Logic, common sense has nothing to do with the reason why people buy and stay with a particular brand. Yeah, well, and, I, and you know, it's kind of a, in, in sales marketing, it's almost become kind of trite to say that, you know, people, people act on emotion and then will like rationalize their decision, you know, using logic and, and, and reason. And, you know, there, there is something to be said there for, you know, providing that rational basis because people still need to be able to justify it in, in some, some way. I, I was getting in a discussion the other day with, um, somebody around that, you know, that old saying that, you know, people don't want a quarter inch drill bit. They want a quarter inch hole. And, uh, and I, you know, I, I went farther. I was like, do they really even want a quarter inch hole? No, they really want to do something else, right? They're really wanting to, you know, maybe they need to, to drain something or maybe they need to anchor this new Ikea furniture to the wall or something like that. And so they need a quarter inch drill bit, but now that once they get to that point, once they get to the point, it's like, all right, I need to go, get like they've already got in their mind they're going to, to purchase you don't have to convince them to purchase a drill bit they're going to purchase one but now how do you differentiate between that and that can get into different things depending on the you know kind of the the, the basis of why they want that quarter inch hole or are they going to have to drill many of them or all kinds of other things too but still to the to the aspect of of understanding you know, what is that emotional desire that, that people have, are they looking for a sense of satisfaction out of that? Are they trying to stick it to somebody else? Or are they trying to prove themselves? I'm like, there's all these underlying emotions that can vary wildly, even though it seems like on the surface, everybody's making the same purchase. So what, for, for, a, lot of, and for a lot of business owners that, that tend to get caught up in kind of their process or features and benefits and, and just kind of laying all those things out and expecting that people will make those connections. Like how, how do we do that? Like, I don't know, maybe if you have like a, like a case study or something like that to, to share an example of something, but like, how do you make that emotional connection with something that is seemingly unemotional? Uh, I think I think a lot of that has to do with the um, 
content, the way you brand something, the content that you put forth, especially like a, for instance, on a website, in about 10 seconds, give or take, someone's either gonna buy something from you or they're gonna go somewhere else and buy that similar product from the next brand or the next brand. The one that they land on, the one where they whip out their credit card or pay online or, or whatever they're doing, uh, that's the one that really connects with them emotionally. Generally, that, con that content will be very loving, um, kind of like a, the, the feeling that you get when you listen to your favorite song or read your favorite book or see your favorite movie a million times over. You write content that really connects to the heart of your consumer, of consumers or businesses, you know, if you're business to business or business to consumer, doesn't matter. What happens is, is when they feel, again, this feels, it's the emotional connection, it's a feeling. When they feel that you've got their best interests at heart, they'll see that in the way that your, con your content is written. It's a very warm embrace. It's very emotional. It's very loving. It's really all about the client. Right. Uh, the prospective client, not all about the company. It's what they want. It's, 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 it's telling a story, creating a situation where there's a, a problem or something where they need this particular product. And then why would, you know, why is that a problem? What are the advantages to having it? And you come in as the person providing that. And that's all wrapped around how, do, how they feel. When you put them in scenarios that, that, that they're experiencing, you connect with them. They're like, oh, he gets me or she gets me. This is great because they don't, but they, but he does. And well, a lot I, of the, you know, well, that, I, I was just going to say like that, that key phrase there, like, you know, th this company gets me like that feeling. And it, like the, the, you know, out in the vernacular, like everybody's talking about, like, I, you know, I, I see you like, okay. They, they, I think it, Avatar, the movie, uh, popularized that whole thing. But like, you know, I, I see who you are. I understand how you're feeling. Like that empathy that 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 comes across, and like I, I understand the frustration or the problem that you're experiencing. And you're not you're you're not bragging about yourself, right? Like you can have credentials or other stuff, but that that becomes a lot later. That's like secondary that the, initially. Yeah. That's secondary. That that doesn't matter to them. And it, it, it definitely, and then, you know, we talk about like all these trite sayings, like people don't care how much you know until you know how much you care or until they know how much you care. Uh, you know, but there, there is a lot of, of truth in that kind of modern proverbial saying that if people don't get a sense that you actually understand their situation as they are experiencing it, not telling them what their situation is, but relating to how they're experiencing whatever that, that, that issue is right now. Like you, they like all your credentials, all these other things, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. And I, I particularly run into this a lot with uh, some of my attorney clients, right? That uh, you come out a lot, uh, you know, from professional school and, and you get a lot of comparisons to everybody else. And everybody's thinking about differentiation it's like, oh, you know, why am I, why should somebody choose me over this other attorney that practices in the same area? And so then people start to list off their credentials and their pedigree and this many years of experience. And they can have all these like wonderfully objective things that rationally say, all right, this is probably a better choice. But what I, I constantly get dumbfounded looks from 
uh, you know, attorneys and other folks is when they, they spout out all these things and I just look at them and say, all right, so what? What do you mean? So what? Like, so what? Like, you understand what that means. You understand what it means to be a super lawyer or like have this many experiences or to be board certified, but chances are your client doesn't know and doesn't give a damn. Yeah, your next client. What does it matter to them? So your, what? Your next client doesn't care about the size of your resume. They care about the size of your heart. And you better bring it and be sincere about it because like children, they see right through if you're just trying to BS them. And, and, and that's just the worst thing you could possibly do for any relationship, if, whether you're working with a student or you're trying to attract clients. If you show them your heart, that you are 100%, that, that, that you are in existence just for their business, you love them, you understand, you, you, you empathize with whatever the situation is that brings them to buy your product and service. Again, it's not really about your products and services or how great you are at what you do. It's more about how you make them feel. And if you make them feel welcome, loved, uh, you're, you're kind to them, you, you just extend them every courtesy, like they, like they were a long lost relative or a dear old friend. Most people just don't do that. Uh, um, and and they, may not, you know, they may not even be aware, but, but they just feel like they have to throw a dictionary full of benefits and stuff about their product. Meanwhile, they, they talk nothing uh, about the client, they almost refer to the client, uh, the prospect, like he, he's in a third, he's a third person, like he's not even part of the story. And, right. and I look at that, especially uh, I've looked at countless websites where they needed to be rebranded. And, and I, I see that people spent the money on the design and SEO and, 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 and their building and their products and they run their business well and their customer service is great. But, but all of that doesn't matter when you can't put all of that stuff into emotions and, and present it to a client. And, and I mean, and I, I mean, to really bring the love. And if you're not going to do that, boy, oh boy, you're, you're just spending a lot of money on nothing. All right. Well, let, let me kind of push back on something and kind of get your perspective yeah, sure. on, on one thing though, because it, you know, we, 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 you talk about like, you know, the, the, the feeling of love or like those kinds of emotions, but I'm kind of thinking about like some of my my clients in the past who've been looking for attorneys and like they're ready to sue somebody, right? And and they they they're looking for literally literally one of them said like no, I want an aggressive bulldog of of an attorney that's really going to go after you know X Y Z, and uh, and maybe I would relate this back to the to the Navy and in, in your experience and and writing copy for them too, right? Because it's not exactly like what somebody might assume is this touchy feely, uh, you know, warm Betty Crocker cookies and brownies kind of uh, a feeling that's coming through in the, the, the copy, but there's still this element of, uh, you know, uh, of love and empathy that, that comes through in that. So how can somebody, if they're not in, you know, the warm fuzzy type of, of environment, how do they, how can they still convey that, that emotional connection? Bring uh, the love anyway and be the ferocious bulldog in court, which is what you're supposed to do probably anyway. Just bring the love on, on all your marketing and the branding and, and, and have that brand continuity, that love go through everything they see, uh, um, a blog article, a social media post, a web, website content, a brochure. 
when they feel that you love them, you care about them, that you'll do the right thing by them, that's the first thing. The second thing is then like, okay, now be that aggressive bulldog for me. You're my guy, but they're your guy because of the emotional connection. Okay, now be the ferocious bulldog that, that you said you were going to be. The connection first, and then all of the ferocious bulldog stuff afterward. It doesn't well, kind of, anyway. Yeah, it's kind of like there's, uh, you know, people talk about like the, the mama bear syndrome, right? Well, like there's nothing more ferocious out there than a, a loving mother trying to advocate or protect for her kids too, right? And like, so it, it, it kind of depends on where you're, where, you know, where, what direction is that, uh, that, that kind of aggressiveness or something, you know, going after. So you can still convey that, like, I am aggressive because I care about you. I'm going to destroy this other person, but I, I, I'm going to care about you. And it's important that people kind of make that, make that distinction, right? That, you know, that, like you say, this is, this is over here. This is how I am. And it's because I care about you and your, issue or your matter or like with the navy right like we're going to go and like blow stuff up but it's because we care about freedom we care about the country we care about our citizens you know all those types of things as well so there's it's kind of like two sides of the same coin yeah yeah and initially um laying out all of their issues or problems that we, you know we under a lot of the people that contact our, our firm uh, experience this, these same kinds of things, divorce, uh, death in the family, you know, in, and, and all of these things well, for whatever they're calling in about. And uh, we want you to know uh, in dealing with people, we have families too. You know, we love our families, we love our friends and it, it impacts us when people come to us and they're, they're really emotionally, really upset. It makes us that, it makes us just, makes us wanna help make that go away. Now, what do we need to do to allay those fears or, or, or make a bad situation, uh, something that could be best managed rather than just dragging you under every day. And here's what we can do. And, and but first, if you're just glossing over the problems that they have and going right to you, it's almost like you're pushing them out of the way. Yeah. Embrace them, uh, um, uh, um, accept what they're saying. And, 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 and understand, empathize with the pain they're feeling or discomfort, whatever's going on, and make sure you're saying that. You have, to, you have to actually say that within your content. It doesn't matter if you're a lawyer or what you're selling. When you can put yourself in their place, and they feel you have, they'll open up about anything and everything, and then want you to be that ferocious bulldog and make everything right again. I just don't see it working any other way. And in the one or 2%, that it may go the other way. Why would you throw away the, the 98 or 99% to chase the one or 2%? You can't be all things to all people. You stay, go with your bread and butter and that's generally the people who really wanna feel the love. And that's just really everyone. So you know, it, it, I believe that is one of the universal you know, aspects of, of the human race, right? We see it all over the place. So even you can, instead of content that sells, you can say love that sells. It's that, that might even be more appropriate. Content that loves is content that sells. There we go. Right. Yeah. So just some, some tips for somebody, because I, at the end of the day, you know, every, like you said, everybody can't be all things to all people. Everybody is not going to be good. And I know a lot of people that are like, I just can't, I just can't write or it comes out or this, that, that, and the other. And, and maybe they're, 
they're to that point where it is not the highest and best use of their time to, to even try and sit down and actually write the, the, the content that would go out in an email or be on a, a, a web page or uh, out in social media. So when somebody gets to the point that they, they recognize that they need to hire a, a copywriter, like somebody that can actually do that work for them, tell that story, convey that emotional connection for them, what are some of the key things that they need to be looking out for? Because there's, there, there's a lot of people out there who's like, oh, yeah, we do copy and we write content for, for emails or we can do you know, your blog posts and stuff like that. And then like they're they end up just writing stuff for robots and, and, and SEO that then, you know, has a keyword concentration, but it, it, it reads like it was written for a robot and not for an actual person to, to, to get into it. So what, what should people ask or, or, you know, be, be looking for to not get kind of screwed over by the, the content that they're, they're getting written? The, the, the biggest, uh, and, and, and that's a good point, the biggest and, and initial question should be, um, what's the most important thing that someone uh, who wants to buy a product is looking for? And if, his, if that answer, if they're listening to me, I just gave away the recipe. If that answer isn't bringing the, and exactly like I've described it, just go get yourself another writer because that one's no good for you. And it doesn't really matter how many they could have graduated from Harvard and traveled around the world. It doesn't matter. Uh, their resume doesn't matter at that point in time. If that, if that emotional connection is not the most important thing, um, you just got the wrong person and you're just going to hire on someone who may destroy your brand or set you so far back, even worse than you may already be. If, like if you have a brand, you need to be rebranded. And you spent all of this money on all of this marketing stuff and the website and SEO, and just not doing it. And you know, decisions have to be made, and you don't even know where to go. Like, you don't even know what decision to make. Is it my content? Is the web website whatever? I can look at a website and and, and, in, and in less than five minutes sit down with a, with any client and point out all of the great things and all of the need to change five minutes ago. Yeah. And they can they, if they're confident enough in my in my capabilities. I'll help them with that. If not, I tell them, just find someone like me and get this done five minutes ago. Because look at, you know, you look at your analytics, that you're dragging these pages down or your content is what, several years old. That content should be a living, breathing thing that's updated and fresh and current and most of all, emotional. So to answer your question, the top question would be is when you ask someone, uh, uh, a writer, what makes, and, you know, and this is obvious with the situation that you have products or services that you'd like to sell to the public, your website, social media, whatever. The, 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 the first question should be is, what do you think makes someone, what, what really sells best? What makes people buy things? If they're not going right into, and I mean headlong right into that emotional connection, loving answer, forget it. They just don't not, They just don't get it. That and is, if you don't know and they don't know, you've got an even bigger problem because now you're paying them to do the wrong thing. You're paying the blind man to lead the yep. blind. Yep. All right. Well, that is a, that is an awesome, uh, just an awesome tip for, for, for folks and kind of gives that, that, that tip of the spear in doing. And then all the, then all the other stuff, like you say, that's secondary. You, know, you can look at their track record. You can look at their portfolio. You can go see the other examples, get referrals and reviews. But that fundamental belief, that foundation, that good copy that that drives actions that sells is about 
that that emotional connection and is somehow tied around that that loving feeling that's really the the key and they should speak about it with emotion and conviction which comes from emotion you you you, you have you build up a head of steam you're passionate about what you do you explain it like that like this like you're you're really in the game and um when you're really you can't feign that kind of enthusiasm at least i can't and I've been doing what I've been doing quite, you know, a number of years. But uh, there's a lot of people out there. So don't worry, I can write it. It's it's really, you know, I I I'll take care of it. I, I don't want to. I want the show. You know, you Brenner did thousands of performances of the King and I, and uh, even when he was sick, you know, um, and 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 the guy just brought it every time. And um, I had once heard that he had made a comment of. Um, how do you go out there every night and just, you know, he won awards for it. I mean, he, he was the king and I, and he said, um, on any given night, I thought there might be someone sitting in the front row who never heard of me, never heard of the show, but was really expecting some, something great. And that's what I wanted to give him. And it thou- he did, th- I think, thousands, if I'm not mistaken, of that performances of that same thing over and over again. And um, again, when you're that passionate about something, it obviously comes through. You just, I, 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 you'd have to be some actor. To, he is an actor, but you'd have to be some real kind of actor to, 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 to feign that enthusiasm. I just don't know how that happens. Yeah. So, Greg, if uh, people wanted to get in contact with you, kind of learn more about this and, and like the services you provide, how, what's the best way for them to, to do that? Um, they could go to my website, which is uh, Words Perfect, like Word Perfect with an S in the middle, Words Perfect Inc. Inc. dot com. Words Perfect Inc. dot com. Greg uh, Moss. Yeah, and uh, and also my, I have a Facebook page. And by the way, um, you know I have a lot of intellectual property, a lot of knowledge, and 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 I've written for major companies over the years. Um, I put out a series of blog articles. Some of them are on my website, but if they go to my Facebook page for Words Perfect, uh, Words Perfect Inc., I, there's a series of articles there for people who are trying it on their own writing-wise. What you said, what are things to look for, what guidelines. Those articles are, are they're excellent. I know I wrote them, but they really are. They're really informative. And in fact, the very latest one uh, deals with the uh, uh, the Google Core Vitals, which is the, the latest thing that uh, uh, that have writers and SEO people up in arms. Apparently, for the first time ever, um, the um, experience, the user experience, is now going to influence search engine rankings, and, and, and it's, it is unprecedented. Never happened before. Um, the good and bad of it is, is that if you've been really been relying on SEO. And not just co- and and really didn't put much say the, content the content written for robots and not yeah yeah, yeah. and that's going to be a really bad thing because now the way you present your uh, products and services to to a user a site visitor coming on they're going to rate you versus the way your competitors do it and in your industry how are they doing it and that's going to influence uh, your your search engine rankings and and, and everyone it used to just be SEO. Now that's not the only case. Uh, as a result, the content that you have, that user experience, a lot of that comes down to your content. 
and really need, now it's a necessity, you really need to bring the love. Because if you're going to be evaluated on a user experience and, you're, and it's very cold and antiseptic and there's no emotion, no feeling, whatever, you're going to have a really big problem at that point in time because most of your competitors are just going to edge you out. And uh, I guess you can only imagine what that does to your search and your, your uh, SEO and, and your, your search engine rankings. So it's really important. There are also, for everyone who's listening, I'm not a website developer or an SEO person, although I work with a lot of those people and developing websites and writing and everything. Um, but you need to go to those people because there are things like uh, um, page sizes, uh, colors, margins, how quickly pages load, how they come up on a mobile app. There's just a laundry list of that stuff. Please go out there, get with your SEO and website developer, whoever built your site, and cover those things so that you're compliant, also ADA compliant. If you're running a business, they want your site to be that way too. And you're the, uh, an experienced SEO or slash web developer will be able to guide you through those things. You, you can't hide from it. I have, to, I have to do things to my content and SEO, even the SEO people I work with, Greg, look at my content, make sure everything's everything. When we're doing that with each other, at the very least, you need to kind of be doing that right now. You work so hard, you put your blood, sweat, money, effort, time, everything into your business. Uh, don't let it go by the wayside for that. And you have to do it because this stuff is here now. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's really something to, uh, to, 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 to take care of and, and as soon as possible. Very good. Uh, well, I appreciate it, Greg, and all the, uh, the time you've taken here this morning and all, and all those great tips for, for people to go and look. So I hope everybody can take these, uh, the, the, the tips and the information that Greg has provided here to, today. Go make those emotional connections and, uh, and get your hands dirty as you do it. Be well.